You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem. And as you noticed, my voice is finally back to normal. So, hallelujah to that. I am joined by my uh, my original one of my original sidekicks, Mr. Kevin Langley. Savannah, unfortunately, could not make it tonight. We've got a big show, though. we got my football, where I am finally a happy camper on a during the week. And uh, we got some NFL refs screwing up. Got the one sentence game, and we got a lot of other great stuff. So let's get rocking and rolling here. Kev, how you doing today, buddy? I'm great. I have a question. Are you happy this week because you didn't have to watch the Hurricanes play? I hate you so much right now. Alienating the two other people in this show is what I'm best at. I mean, Savannah's not here, so I got to poke fun at your teams now you can, st- you can still make fun of her on twitter because she gets even more offended then as yeah, kind of goes to grab his phone <laughs> but then i have to deal with other packers fans that follow her and yeah surprisingly she's a very big like pat she not surprising but like she's a very big packers fan following so if we say if we bash the packers and tag her we get hit with a holy hellstorm. And there's probably about 30 IQ points between all of them, so that'll that'd be fun to deal with. And you know what the worst part? I think like 30 of them listen to our show, so that's even better. Um, so they're the one. They all split those 30, so each has one at least, and then everyone else has none. <laughs> all right. I'm kidding. Pack- I love Packers fans. One of my best friends from school is a Packers fan. Fair enough. All right. Well, first off, the reason I'm so happy is because last night the Philadelphia Eagles defeated the New York Giants in overtime. Let me get started off a bit before I bring Kevin into this. Let me start off by saying this. One, at halftime, I was so angry at Eli, how Eli was carving up our defense, that I basically spiked my Eagles hat, walked upstairs, took my jersey off, put my be- finished my beer, went and grabbed a body armor and a water, sat down for a minute just to collect myself, went downstairs, then watched the Eagles win the game. I was so angry, I stopped drinking beer. That's terrifying. Um, but Philadelphia started coming back and their offense got together. They drove down and scored three to three out of the next five possessions, including overtime. They were slow, methodical drives, but that's basically what Philadelphia does because they don't have any playmakers right now. Wentz, it was like something clicked in his head. The second hit the fourth quarter, hitting every throw, the up-tempo kind of helped. And, um... Big ups to Boston Scott, who came out of nowhere and just was like the spark plug of that team, looking like Darren Sproles 2.0 out there. I'm not calling him the next Darren Sproles. I'm saying he was acting like him last night before we go any further. Um, J.J. Arstega-Whiteside had a great catch. Zach Ertz was balling out of control. Um, it was just a great game for Wentz. He played great. Um, that's like, you know, as clutch as clutch gets. Yes, it's against the Giants, but it was pouring freaking rain. One thing about the elements is they can make any kind of any matchup even. So I'm happy for Carson. I was very ecstatic last night. Um, and 
Sad note, uh, as we before we uh, go any farther, Alshon Jeffrey is out for the season. He uh, popped. He is believed he might have torn his Achilles last night. So this could be a more. This could be going into next year. Um, I already believe that Philadelphia is going to get a receiver in the draft, possibly C.D. Lamb or Kevin's boy Henry Ruggs. Um, would not surprise me either one of them. But, uh, yeah, so and uh, Lane Johnson is week-to-week, so he's probably going to be out against the Redskins, but he'll probably play against Dallas, hopefully. Um, bring Kevin in. Kev, would you, I know, I, aside from my Eagles losing to the Giants for half that game, it's significant enough because Wentz, like they, like, they came back and they won. Like, the, that's, the season was over if they lost that game. Like, I don't want to hear a scenario this, that, like, th- that just defeats your, your morale. I think... I mean, like, yeah, Eli Manning, he came back. His wife was at the game for the first time in Philly in years. So was Peyton. Well, it's they were all there because Eli said he hasn't played in a while, and he doesn't know if he's going to play again, so there's questions about if he's retiring. But I think – I don't – I'm not saying that they're definitely not going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying that the season's done. But I think this game, if they win or lose, doesn't really matter. Because it, it's really just deciding if the Eagles season is done week 17 or in the wild card round. With no playmakers on that offense, they will not be able to win. Their defense is solid, nothing special. And I think that it's really just going to come down to, like I said, week 17 wild card round. But I think something you said was interesting when you said in the fourth quarter, Carson Wentz really turned it on. In real, something flipped in his head. That's a sign to me that the Eagles, unless they put a phenomenal team around them, aren't going to win many games. They'll be a fine regular season team, but great quarterbacks don't, that switch is always on. Yes, there are players who hit a second gear in clutch moments, but if you need to be, oh shit, we're down, I need to start playing better, then you're never going to be a great quarterback. All right, Kev, I'm going to stop you right there. How much of the game did you watch last night? Watched a good bit. Did you notice that on a lot of those drives, the drives would end off of the defense basically, or the uh, the uh, the offensive line missing a block or receivers dropping passes. The thing but is, that, Wentz, I, I you know I, I people know I defend Wentz a lot, and his game against um, Seattle, I ripped him a new one, but for Wentz to not to not say Wentz isn't like an it quarterback is just stupid. The thing is, I didn't is say he wasn't a good quarterback. I said no, he like you, you, you flip my words the wrong way though. I'm because not. I'm saying I'm something you said and putting my own meaning. I in, should. I should have said direction. the team caught up to where Wentz was at. Because in the third, the second, third quarter, he was putting the ball in the spots, just they weren't getting open. Nobody was catching it. His lack of playmakers. The guys trying to throw the ball into double coverage, just trying to make something happen. At the end of the day, yes. Philadelphia needs playmakers around Wentz, but that win was on Wentz. They're, they're, like, yes, guys got open. Guys made big plays. But at the end of the day, Wentz is an elite quarterback. I will run with that to the bank all day. Mm-hmm. Is he Brady Rogers, um, Russell Wilson level yet? No. 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 So he's an elite quarterback, but he's, but he's not, not on the level top, of the other I, elite I quarterbacks. Put, I put elite quarterbacks in two tiers. One through Close. three. One through three, and then like, like three through eight. 
Everyone else is good or average or bad. So what you're saying is that 25% of the league has elite quarterbacks. Yeah, actually. Really. That's Maybe not what I... elite means. Wentz might be in the very good category, which would be your 1B elite squad. Very good, bordering on elite with another good season. Middle of the pack, very good. You're really going to throw Wentz in that doghouse category? Yes, with guys like Deshaun Watson, uh, Lamar Jackson, who's not quite elite yet. Yes, I'm putting him there, which is generous. Whatever. I'm not going to try to argue with this on you because you also have been spoiled your entire career watching Brady. But I'm also sick of the Wentz ripping because everyone wants to compare him to all these other guys. I'm like, if you gave Wentz Prescott's receivers... Philly'd be thirteen and three and would be like just sitting their guys at this point, or like thirteen and one be sitting their guys at this point. They would have oh, four wins. Okay, okay, okay. Another one here. If Aguilar catches those two touchdowns, Patriots and Falcons, and Whiteside catches the one against the Lions, they are now nine and four, or nine and four. Yeah, nine and four. Yeah, nine and four, with three games to go, and are most likely looking at a very good while well, um, division. You know, very, uh, they're a very good team. Take away the injuries and all that stuff. Everyone like being the quarterback makes you the scapegoat. The Seattle game, yes, it was his fault, <laughs> but. I think that there's a lot of blame that's put on him that's not like it's just like he's just sitting there trying to win the game by himself. And when you're and when the team you can't even get the ball to receivers without them dropping it, he can't throw and catch the ball himself. Uh, to, to paraphrase uh, the great Giselle for what she said again when uh, Welker dropped that ball. All I'm saying is is that with Wentz, even just give go out and get like JJ Nelson. And a withered Des Bryant and just see what happens. I don't know. I'm just I want to see Wentz actually have something besides an elite tight end. Just give him something with some kind of deep threat. Just give him somebody with speed who can stay healthy for more than a week. That's all I'm saying with this. And uh we'll we'll move on. Kev, uh we lost somebody very important uh to a uh big cause, especially in the world of baseball. You wanna elaborate? Yeah, this week um Pete Frades died. He was for those who don't know his name, like some people, when I brought it up, said they had no idea who he was. Um, the Ice Bucket Challenge from a couple years ago uh, raised 160 to $220 million to ALS research. With that money and donations, they found a gene that kind of causes ALS. And while we're talking about this on a sports show, he was really big for Boston sports. He went to Boston College, was a star baseball player there. And it's just a big loss for the world. It is a big loss. You know what? When I think of ALS, I think of Lou Gehrig's disease. I think why I made the baseball connection immediately. But it's really good to see all that. Like the ALS, ALS uh, Ice Bucket Challenge. I participated in 
and I know about like everybody on the planet. It's, it's still so many participated in it. It's good that all the money raised actually went to do some good and actually made a difference. So uh, rest in peace, peace. Uh, rest in peace, Pete. Yeah, he um, was a uh, 34, survived by his wife and daughter. Well, uh, prayers out to his family. Um, staying in the world of baseball, uh, Kevin. We have a signing from the uh, defending World Series champs. Yes. Steven Strasburg, do you have the numbers? Because it was a large deal. Yes, it was. And I want to say it was seven. It couldn't have been seven years, could it? I think it might have been seven years. Because I remember it made the Garrett Cole rumor from what the Yankees were offering look a little cheap. Uh, seven years, $245 million. So I thought. Oh. Also, breaking news, Philly signed Didi Gregorius to a one-year $14 million deal. Uh, Yankees fans are idiots. All year, they were arguing about how Didi was better than Xander Bogarts and how he would be getting a big payday, and then he could only get a one-year deal. True. Um... I don't know. I like. Uh, I've always been a big DD guy. Guy's career out and started out in Arizona. And uh, Strasburg's big because I, I really didn't see him walking after winning a World Series MVP with the team who drafted him. It just didn't seem right. I saw him walking. Not saw like, but because he had said before in interviews that he was a also like a West Coast guy, I think. But also he wasn't thrilled. Not as much this year, but a couple years before with the innings restriction they put on him because of his injury injuries he had mm-hmm. more sh- surgeries and so they he wasn't thrilled with that because he felt he was fine and they're like no take it slow it'll, it'll work out and i mean this year i guess without having that he must have refound his love of dc and winning a world series doesn't hurt oh no not at all um we'll switch back to football before we get to the one sentence game here as we are moving steamrolling along right now. I mean, we didn't bring up the other thing, the other pitcher. Oh, Garrett Cole? Yeah. It was reported that he got also a seven-year, $245 million contract or offer from the Yankees. That's probably going up. But also there's two mystery teams. The teams that were in on him before were reportedly the Yankees, the Angels, and I think the Dodgers. And then it came out the winner means there were two mystery teams that talked to Scott Boris about signing him potentially. One of those it's come out is was most likely the Astros, which is ridiculous thinking they could still sign him because after the World Series loss, they asked him questions about the Astros and he said, I'm not employed. Yeah, I think and he's then, kind of done with them. And then the Mets is also another myst- uh, secret team that might be pulling for him. Straight for which- the memes. It would be a big move for them with the ownership change. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they got rid of Zach Wheeler, so they do have a hole open in that rotation. It's just, uh, I don't know. The Mets just don't, this doesn't seem like a Mets move to me. This, well, it does seem like an old Mets move. It doesn't seem like a new Mets move. Something feels different there. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Winter meetings is great. Uh, shout out to our boy Jack, who actually is out there this week. He was out there for a little bit. I don't know if he's still out there, but. He had a couple interviews lined up this week. He was telling me about. So check that out on the Osho podcast. All right, Kev, you ready to talk a little Patriots before we hit the one-sentence game? Yeah. 
All right, so I'm going to let you, as a Patriots fan, elaborate to the nation on what happened at that Bengals game. So it came out that the Patriots had a film crew in the media box, and it was recording the Bengals' sidelines. It was at it was uh, against the Browns. The Browns were at home for that, I believe. Yeah. And it, it, the Patriots said, yes, we had them there. We're recording a documentary on this year, or just in general, recording a documentary. The Browns gave us permission. We've been doing it all season. We asked other teams. They said yes. And then a lot of rumors came out about it. Uh, there was one rumor that the Patriots had eight minutes of the Bengals' sidelines just recording their coaches and, like, their hand motions and stuff. The Patriots came out and said, yep, we know, we, we know they were there. The Browns know they were there. Uh, they might have recorded the wrong thing. That was not the intent. And then Ian Rapport today tweeted out that the NFL is inclined to believe the Patriots, but that does not mean they're going to be punished for it. They won't be punished for it, rather. Sorry. Uh, you know what? <sighs> I looked at this, and I got a little chuckle out of the whole thing about the um, the equipment manager memes with Belichick and uh, all that stuff that happened on Sunday with the missing equipment from the Chiefs. This just kind of was like, really? You really think the Patriots are that dumb to get themselves caught in their Spygate BS when it causes them so much grief? I really hope they don't get punished for this because, uh, honestly, I don't care. You still got to beat the team on the field. Also, it's the Bengals who have one it's win. It's the Bengals. My mom even said, my mom goes to me, she goes, why the hell are the Patriots viewing the Bengals? Don't they have the worst record in the league? I'm like, yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> That's the why this story is chuckle. The only reason I would be okay with, not okay, I would say, I don't want them to be punished if they weren't using it for this purpose or if they... Well, yeah, they weren't using it for this purpose, and it wasn't the intent. But if they didn't tell the film crew they had there, hey, you can't do this, and the NFL goes, yeah, for that, we're going to take away a fifth-round pick or whatever, fine you $50,000, which is a lot of money, but to Bob Kraft, it's not. Just won't have to go to the – just would have to withhold going to the strip club once or twice. It's fine. Or the uh, massage parlor. The strip club is more like um, a different – Owner's M.O., not uh, – some more Jim Irsay's Avenue, not Bob Kraft. Um, all righty. You just got me agree on the Patriots, Kev. That's a miracle in itself. All righty, ladies and gents, let's kick off everyone's favorite game. It's the one-sentence game. So, Kev, Cowboys-Bears. Uh, gee. Like, this – I, I'm just confused with this whole season. I It's not that the Cowboys lost. That's expected. But Mitch throwing three touchdowns. How bad is the Cowboys defense that they can't stop Mitch from throwing three touchdowns? I'm sorry. I know it's not sent one sentence. I'm tired. No, no, My one sentence is just going to be. I'm confused. Uh, my sentence is... um. I think the Cowboys have quit on Jason Garrett because they have too much talent to be losing to teams like this. All right, Colts and Buccaneers. Really? I mean, it's a typical Jameis game. He throws four picks and three three. No, he throws four touchdowns, three picks. It seems like a Jameis stat line to me. But uh, yeah, wow, the Colts are just a 
um, well, just they're just a disappointing mess. What the hell are the Bucks doing? <laughs> How are they winning these games? <laughs> I think Jameis is still trying to steamroll towards that record. I hope so. Oh my God, he needs like a five pick game next week, and I would love to see it. That'd be incredible. Oh my God. Even if he finishes like two or three picks short, you and me would just be like having a field day. If he's one pick short, I might cry. All right. Uh, Dolphins and Jets. Oof. Leave it to Sammy D and the boys to get me a little revenge. The Jets beat a team they should beat. Yeah, I think the sky is falling. Niners and Saints. Probably the best damn football game I've watched all year. Also, that was not pass interference or defensive holding. Get over it. I guess Savannah was wrong about the Niners. She's going to hear this tomorrow and just, like, text you like you're an asshole, Kevin. I could have said something way meaner. I know you can. You just say it usually in her, pre- in her post-production meeting. Also, I say it to her, to her on the podcast, but she's not here, so I'd feel bad doing that. Yeah. Poor girl got called in the work late, so it happens to the best of us. All right. Lions and Vikings. Uh, I, Danielle Hunter, youngest player to get 50 sacks. Good for him. And Dalvin Cook scored on my fantasy bye week. That's all I got. This game was par for the course. Bo Scarborough, still playing pretty well. Alabama shout out. Broncos and Texans. Drew, Jared was right. Luck. I said this kid was going to be a monster in the NFL when he got a little time to cook extra in the oven. I, he needed a little uh, fine-tuning. But, um, yeah, man, he was balling out. And uh, Broncos' first 25-point uh, game this season. And, um, wow, Houston. Really, guys? You a little let down after the Patriots win? I'm officially hitting the panic button. <laughs> this is the team that beat the Patriots, the team that lost to Denver while giving up 38 points to rookie Drew Locke in his second start. Panic button is fully pressed. Kevin's like actually smashing the panic bucket at this point. You guys just can't hear the sound. He's like smashing his easy button, but he wrote panic on it instead. Pretty much. Redskins and Packers. I forgot this game was on. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And, um, yeah, the Redskins, uh, Packers, to quote our friend Sean Mullen, played down to their competition and still won. Yikes, Green Bay. Also, it, are we seeing the decline of Aaron Rodgers? I mean, we say that, and then he goes out and throws four pick touchdowns the next game. I don't know. but 195 yards, one touchdown. I mean, I don't know, 
63% of his completions went to his running back. Aaron Jones is balling out. That dude deserves some MVP MVP votes, even if it's like fifth place. He's been the third best running back in football this year. I hope All number right. two is Derrick Henry. Well, now it is. I'll put, or is I'll it put, Lamar put, Jackson? <laughs> Fine. If we're going to do this, it's CMC, then Derrick Henry, then uh, what's his face? Um, Dalvin Cook, then Aaron Jones, then Leonard Fournette, and then possibly like maybe Zeke. Mark I think Jones could uh, jump Cook because he's had a couple games this year where he's just kind of disappeared, hasn't really contributed much. Yeah. Cooks have been just kind of like consistently just punching the end zone every other game. All right. As my phone goes dark, next up on the list, Browns and Bengals. And the Browns win the I who's going to lose it in worst bowl. Odell is going to be Odell is going to be wearing a different uniform at the end of this season. This game is about it. This win was about as meaningless as it gets. I don't know. Paul Brown is rolling in his grave right now. Basically. Ravens and Bills. Lamar played great. That juke was dirty. And the Bills are legit. Can we just say it? As off, uh, Kevin, I know how much it irks you to say it. The Bills are a legit team. No, I agree. And the Patriots beat them. Why six? When you knock Josh Allen out with a cheap shot. But we're not going to go back to that one. And they were on the road. The Patriots were on the road for that game. But uh, my sense is if Josh Allen played a little better, the Bills would have won. True. Josh Allen is inconsistent, but he's still good. And that's just more saying how good the Bills are as a team. Oh, yeah. Their defense is disgusting. They have a decent offense. And Josh Allen is basically like this out-of-control like wild child who just occasionally can beat good teams, <coughs> Dallas, or not not good average teams, Dallas. Um, Falcons of Falcons and Panthers. I don't get the NFC South whatsoever because we were talking three weeks ago or four weeks ago how the Panthers were like five and three and had a shot at making the playoffs with Kyle Allen. What the god hell is going on right now? I think it's time just to tank for draft picks. Fair. I think they quit because they lost Ron Rivera. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, even Christian McCaffrey had a bad game. That's saying something. I don't think the Falcons' defense is that good to hold McCaffrey to 53 yards. I think he's just done. Hey, Ryan, I guess. Or Olivia Coppola wore him out. True. All right. Chargers and Jags. Yikes, Jacksonville. Minshew mania? Question mark? Panic? Blow it up again? Send everyone, like, get rid of Boye and Fournette and start over for the fourth time? Um, Yeah, this this is awful. Do you see um, Phillip Rivers being a dick? Um, Yeah, it's called watching him play football. What what happened? He, He got knocked down, and he threw a touchdown it was like a 95 yard touchdown and i forget it's one of the jaguars players who has a name i have no idea how to pronounce Ungakwe or whatever his name is uh one of one of their d linemen 
Yeah, it's their edge rusher. I can't remember his name right now, though. And he helped him up, and Aaron Rodgers – or not Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Phillip Rivers started screaming in his ear, that's a 95-yard touchdown, baby. And they were already blowing out the Jaguars. <laughs> Phillip Rivers – they did, a, they did, like, a, a skit on him on NFL Network, and it was hilarious because, like, he doesn't care if you're bigger than him or if you're, he's losing by 30. He'll still run his mouth at you. It cracks me up. Neither did Mason Rudolph, and he caught a helmet to the skull. So, Philip Rivers should watch out. Yeah, but Phil Rivers won't say a racial slur to a guy. He'll just, you know, talk. He also won't charge a guy without a helmet. Basically. Mason Rudolph was missing his brain before he got hit. Um, Titans and Raiders, all aboard the Henry Express. Next stop, Wild Card Weekends. Man, I'm loving that Ryan Tannehill's driving the Henry Express right into the playoffs. I mean, if there's any team that's gonna make the playoffs, it's that's not gonna be the Raiders. I want it to be the Titans. Because, like, I just love seeing Tannehill's redemption story. I feel like he got a raw deal in Miami because he played great there. It's just, like, he had an injury or two, and they just wanted to go in a new direction, which makes sense. And then he beats out Mariota, who honestly is a joke. And you just see how how much better the offense is in Tennessee without Mariota. Is Ryan Tannehill good? Yes. That just shows how bad Miami's been for years. The fact they were somewhat competitive, I am now putting full responsibility for that on Ryan Tannehill's shoulders. And Adam Gase. I think think that Adam Gase was a negative for them being competitive. And Ryan Tannehill. Any success they had is strictly on Jay Ajahi for a little bit. And then, um, oh, and uh, Kenny Stills and Jarvis Landry and uh, Ryan Tannehill, the GOAT. All right. Chiefs and Patriots, it was a touchdown, but, you know, Chiefs are good. Patriots are good. It's going to be a good playoffs. It was two touchdowns. That fumble should be obvious to a trained official who is supposedly the best in the world. That, I will tell you, that was true. And... Then, a couple plays later, Nikhil Harry was obviously in. How do you not see that? Also, the people who are going at Belichick, he blew his challenges. Well, just one challenge. Like, I was just saying one. Well, do you not know what plurals are? People are nuts, Kevin. This game was rough. All right, Steelers and Cardinals. Um, the Steelers have like the most gift wrapped schedule, and also the Duck Man getting the dub. Steelers look really good now. Don't expect them to do much in the playoffs. I still have Buffalo outlasting them. Yeah, I mean, also, you, you need a quarterback to win. Like, Ducks p- played well, but 152 yards and a touchdown, that's not going to get it done in the playoffs when you need a quarterback. You also Unless saw you have... had Matt Moore come in, too, with the Dolphins a couple years ago. 
Yeah, or your other option is Mason Rudolph, who's worse. True, true, true. All right. Sunday Night Football, Seahawks and Rams. I give up. I give up with the Rams. I give up with the Seahawks. Just when I think a team is bad and their season's over, they do this. Now, watch the Rams walk into Dallas on Sunday and get smacked around and then win out. Or they walk into Dallas, smack them around, and then lose out and miss the playoffs. I would cry and be laughing so hard. But, you know what? Seattle just looked flat. And then finally, Carson's clutch, but God damn it, get him some weapons. I guess I don't get a sentence for the Seahawks-Rams game. We can double up. The inner mechanisms of the Rams are an enigma. Thanks, Patrick. It's actually my middle name. Fun fact. Nice. Uh, Carson Wentz, not elite. Kevin Langley, officially fired. Jared, you've been telling me that since I've been coming on. Yeah, one of these days I'm actually just going to like not, not tell you when the show's on. We've already broken down the schedule week by week. Yeah, that's all right. Keep keep chirping about Carson Wentz, get baseless. All I right. mean, I'm not wrong. Kev, just get just get to la- weird stuff. Let's get this over with. Fine. So, the number 69, obviously, is a great number. Nice. And there is one sport that has effectively banned it. Soccer. No. Hockey. The NBA. Really? Really? Yes. No player in NBA history has worn number 69. One tried. Can you guess what player tried to wear number 69 in the NBA? Ron Artest. No. Dennis Rodman? Yes. (laughs) When he was on the Dallas Mavericks for about as long as Cooper Cup's dad was on the Cowboys, a cup Mm -hmm. of coffee, he petitioned the league to allow him to wear number 69. And David Stern being just the fun-loving guy that he is, said no. And that's why Dennis Rodman wore 70 while basically sucking in Dallas for 12 games. Fair enough. All right. We're coming to the end of our show. Let's um kick that smooth jazz. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. Rare. Is it that I ever defend the Patriots? But as Kevin, my little short co-host, went off about before, they are robbed. Um, last night's game, there was a blatant missed call where the refs called a hold on Brandon Brooks, where he had one fist on the guy's shoulder pad on a Carson Wentz rollout that ended up being a Greg, a Greg Ward touchdown. Blue League played it. The Eagles didn't get back inside the red zone until the third quarter. That just sums up how bad the Eagles' offense was. Um... 
basically, actually no, it wasn't third quarter. They didn't get back in the end zone until the fourth. Anyway, there have been calls like this all season, and guys like the, people are gonna point out, oh, not the the 49ers Saints game, Jared. You said that was a good no call. I'm like by NFL rule, if you're in a fake punt formation. The outside guys that are on the gunners can do whatever the hell they want to them until the ball is caught by the by the defensive guy, as long as he's not like holding from behind. So what the cornerback from the the uh, defender from San Fran was doing was completely legal. And the defensive holding thing that everyone's crying about on Twitter, the people who called me on Twitter afterward, I'm just say, listen, I could see it being called. But if they do, that is such a reach for a call that it would look a little sketchy. Because of NFL rules, the, the, the fake punt, you are putting yourself at risk at that. So, I, the, the NFL has just had such a bad season with blown calls, with the stupid pass interference rule and everything else. The refs really need to get something together in the offseason because they are affecting games with these pass interference, with the uh, roughing the pass like we saw with Bradley Chubb. Uh, we're seeing pass interference calls that are being missed, not called. Guys getting called out of bounds that are not. It's not good. It's been bad, extremely bad this year, worse than usual. And it's it seems like the, the refs are getting worse and worse every year. So, I don't know. NFL, just crap together. Also, putting this out in the universe. Uh, look for Philadelphia, guys, to make a move at wide receiver because, um, yeah, they're not dead yet somehow. Um, but that's all I got today. Um, we will be doing shows going up until about, I think the uh, week before Christmas. So I think next Thursday will probably be the end of our show until after Christmas. So we might do like the Thursday, the 27th we'll be back. So Friday, Friday, 26th, 26th. That is if the 27th is Friday. Yes. 26th Thursday. I'm about to end the call. Um, Yeah, no, the 26th, we'll probably come back and do a show. If we're all three of us are available, should be a good time. Uh, Look for some big stuff in 2020 as well. We're kind of going to be a little sporadic, of course. We'll make sure we have playoff coverage. But uh, I'm Jared. That annoying little midget is Kevin. And Savannah will be back on Thursday. Later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.